HSD are experts in delivering tech solutions to the vet sector, working with clients such as the Department of Education, Skills and Employment, ASQA and the VRQA. HSD understand the complexities of VET, its systems and data. We specialise in systems integration, customer relationship management systems, Microsoft platforms and migrating organisations to the cloud. So whether you're looking for advice on integrating your systems, meeting your data reporting requirements or looking to gain insights into your stakeholders, HSD are here to help. Visit hsd.com.au or follow us on LinkedIn. Field and Associates, I'm Claire, and I'm pleased that you could join me for this episode of What Now, What Next? Insights into Australia's Tertiary Education Sector, episode 57. And I was pleased to be joined on the podcast this week by Neil Pearson, who's the Chief Digital Marketing Officer at IDP. He's got a very strong ed tech background, and he joined me to talk through how IDP's new app, IDP Live, fundamentally changes and improves the international education decision-making process for students and their families. And it does so by more closely connecting education providers with students to, in turn, help improve the information flow to students and enable them to take decisions in real time. I knew before we spoke that IDP is expecting IDP Live to play a critical role in helping the international education sector rebuild um, and indeed accelerate growth. But I was just as interested in whether it can also help education providers in diversifying their international student cohort. I think diversification of the student cohort for Australian universities in particular is going to be critical in the next few years. The federal government's been critical of the lack of diversity in the international student mix at some institutions. And while universities and other providers are right, clearly the two largest source markets for international students are China and India because they're countries with incredibly large populations. I still think we should be offering all students, domestic and international, a diverse mix of people in their classrooms and lecture halls. It's mid-November as I record this episode and the New South Wales government has announced for the second time that it will be welcoming international students back with no quarantine requirements if they are double vaccinated. And of course, under its agreement with the ACT government, some of those students will be going on to Canberra. The first cohort is due to arrive on the 6th of December. Mark that date in your diary as a day to celebrate. Even if your state government is not yet ready to make the same announcement, you can be sure they're going to be watching closely. And for most jurisdictions, in my view, will follow shortly thereafter with the obvious caveat on WA and, you know, Queensland looks to still be going ahead with its quarantine facilities. I don't want to end this introduction sounding parochial or like I'm describing a state against state sports match. This is a critically important issue and our focus needs to be on the students. I'm just optimistic that New South Wales and the ACT are setting a strong lead 
for other jurisdictions to fairly quickly follow. And Austrade are also doing what they can to assist providers with border reopening and getting the message out to prospective students with their inaugural Global Agent Week, which runs from the 29th of November through to the 3rd of December. And the aim is to allow international education agents to have access to Commonwealth and state territory government officials. So everyone gets the same up-to-date information about borders reopening, quarantine, vaccination requirements, etc., all at the same time. I think it is a terrific initiative to help cut through the noise and get clear and consistent messages out to agents. And then with the return of students, we can finally, as a country, turn our focus outwards again to how we connect with students, with colleagues, with family and friends across the world. And now here's Neil to talk about the role technology can play in our reconnecting and re-engaging. Well, it's a great pleasure for me today to be sitting down to talk with Neil Pearson, who's the Chief Digital Marketing Officer at IDP. And as Australia's reopening its borders, it's a very timely um, time to be having this conversation. So, Neil, thank you for making the time available and welcome. Thank you, Claire. Uh, Pleasure to be here. And I wonder, I always start off because I'm as curious about the people that I talk to really as the the work that they do and what they see happening in the sector. So before we plunge into IDP and what you're doing, um, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what it is that you do. Um, yeah, so uh, my name uh, my name is Neil, as you say, so Chief um, Digital Marketing Officer here at IDP since um, 2017. Um, uh, really, principally, that role is looking at our digital strategy, um, most crucially for me across um, really our, our, our customers um, facing digital platforms. So um, for our students um, in student placement, um, our apps and websites, um, and also for our test takers in the art space. So um, looking at um, how we really help prepare and book and um, help a test taker um, take a test in, in arts. Um, so previous to that, uh, to give you a bit of background, I was uh, I started probably my journey in, in <laughs> certainly wasn't called EdTech then, um, but uh, in 2000, uh, I joined Hot Courses, which is a small um, startup in London. Um, and, uh, you know, probably true to you, your heart, Claire, we, we started working, um, that was adult learning and vocational, really, was where Hot Courses began um, and branched over, um, throughout the 2000s into um, uh, UK domestic education, higher ed, um, and then into international about 2007, 2008. So since then, we've been on uh, an exciting journey and then um, were acquired by IDP in 2017. Um, and, you know, the, the business then was going through a series of transformations uh, of kept going, really, and increased pace. Um, so it's been a really exciting time in the last five years here um, at IDP. Um, and uh, I think, this, you know, the context of what you're setting for this conversation today is going to continue to be an incredibly exciting time in international education and ed tech generally um, over the next few years. So really excited to be on this journey um, with IDP and um, the talented group we got here. 
And what a great journey to, to be on. And you're right, my passion, while I love, you know, everything that's happening in the post-secondary sector and particularly ed tech, my heart is really with um, with adult or vocational learning. But uh, mm. you have been on a fascinating uh, journey and you're right. It's a critical time in the sector and for a global company like IDP, lots of exciting uh, challenges and, and opportunities mm. ahead. So you've recently launched IDP Live, which um, is a new app to help students find, you know, the right courses and overseas institutions. And and obviously, you know, technology is increasingly a part of uh, helping uh, students and families with that decision making. And I'm an ed tech passionate person for it, but I'm also conscious that this is uh, someone said to me recently, for many families, this is the most significant investment mm. they will ever make in, in their lives. So does IDP supplement or replace the face-to-face discussions that IDP is having with, with students and families? How, how does it work? Is it we've, we've all gone digital or it, it's there to, to help? Um, yeah, look, I think this is the fascinating question. I think there's um, uh, many ways of answering it. I'll try and do my best, uh, certainly where I see the landscape evolving. IDP Live and, and our take on this is, is really it's a connected community of, of students, counsellors and institutions. IDP Live, I guess, is the student bit, um, an app that students use to, to access that community. Um, but like any community, any strong community, um, you know, the more you contribute, the more you get back. Um, and um, certainly what we, we're we trying to build is not, not trying to say uh, that a member of our community, whether it's students, institutions or counsellors, are not required. We're trying to empower them to do their jobs better, to be more convenient, to be quicker, to be more amazing um, than it currently is. So um, supplement sounds a bit um, unrevolutionary for me. I think it's still transformative, but I'd say it's certainly empowering um, all our customers in that community. Um, I mean, stepping back from that, I guess I'd say, what you know, how have we come to develop IDP Live and that philosophy? I mean, you know, I'm a technologist. Um, you know, as you say, I'm trying to always find ways that technology can solve problems. But you know, fundamentally, we're we, we're customer led. We have to listen to what our students want and and what they say. And they've resoundingly said, yeah, look, we want it to be more convenient, make it easier for us, reduce the number of steps. This is a long and painful process. It's not equivalent to the ones that we see in other verticals and other services that we use. However, at no point in time have they said, well, actually, we do not want independent advice. We don't want to be able to speak to someone independently about what is, as as you put it, a massive decision for them and their families as a whole, uh, huge investment. I think, you know, we would look at uh, um, this decision, you know, and and probably a convenient way of putting it would be, it's a high stakes decision. Um, It is not something that that we believe you can replace just with AI right now. Um, I think if you look at equivalent high stakes decisions, the same, things are panning out so you know if you look at jobs yes they might be linked in um but actually recruiters have become more and more powerful over this point in time because you know you need that independent decision making on a on a vibrant recruitment market um timber house um uh the, you know that 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 model of of being able to get that independent expert and trusted is that advice is is really critical to those high stakes decisions still 
Um, so where we stand is, um, yeah, trying to build a community and using technology to enable everyone to come on in real time and um, to empower them to do the things that they need and want to do. Um, I'll give you an example of that. And, and it's probably one of the core services of the IDP live app is the ability <clears throat> in real time to get a decision from an institution um, about whether you're eligible to be able to get in. So um, in that community concept, the institution through the IDP Connect portal adds rules, academic rules around arts testing, around um, admissions tests, around all the things that you might need to enter into that course, your academic um, history. They put all that rules course by course. So it's a very complex set of data that we're beginning to build up around eligibility in our system. And in, in many cases, that, that kind of data set hasn't existed in a, in a, in a digital form um, before. So all those rules exist on our platform that the institution puts into that community. As a result, then the student can begin to tell us about themselves, their academic history, what their current or prospective arts grades or English language test grades might be. Um, and get a, and, and if they're interested, then they can get a response on all the courses that they would be eligible for and begin to research on that basis. So begin to see, really, I, I do have a chance again. this. Right now, I'm going to research into those. If they're interested and want to take it further, then they can um, receive an offer in principle from that institution in you know less than 30 minutes. So we're beginning to... To, to live to that concept of reducing steps, making it easier, where you know previously that might have been really a, a, a best four to four week, but probably more like three month, four month process, down to you know um, really uh, you know half an hour, as I say, if if you're moving quickly. So we uh, you know and institutions on their side are making steps because they now realise they're members of a community. So for those very very highly qualified. Um, uh, students, they're reducing their turnaround time and accelerating them through their processes to be able to give a, um, uh, the full application journey quicker. So beginning to change the sector and change the community and build this real-time community as a result where everyone understands the needs of the other one um, a bit more dynamically. Um, but that's, uh, you know, once I've made those decisions, it's critical, though, that I still get independent counselling and understand that those options in real time that I've engaged with, I now need to weigh them up. I need to understand the pros and cons. There might be other options that are available to me that I haven't considered, maybe pathways and other, other pieces that I need to consider that might make it easier for me to achieve, to leapfrog to my dream, ultimately, career. So we're not trying to certainly supplant the counselling experience here. Um, we're trying to empower it, I think, to make sure that when the student and the counsellor are engaged, there's a very informed engagement. And counsellors on their side are spending much more time counselling than doing administrative tasks and other things um, that would stop them from giving the best advice to our customers. It's a very long answer. Oh, no, it's a really helps. helpful answer, actually, because now I fully understand uh, what it does, not having been a user of the app. And hmm. uh, and so you're right, it is much more than, I mean, I didn't mean to be uh, unkind with my term supplement, uh, but you're right, <laughs> it really does transform uh, the the options and the information available to students and the incentive is there for the uh, uh, for the institutions to put hmm. forward that that information, it, it reminds me of a recent study I read, uh, at, actually out of uh, South Australia, talking about how um, 
teenagers, adolescents are currently spending seven and a half hours a day uh, <laughs> on a digital platform, typically their phone or a laptop. Um, and so they're access to information, their ability to readily find information and and use it to to shape their thinking is increasingly prevalent and okay. Um, You know, a a number of the students that you're um, working with and supporting are coming from developing countries, but but nonetheless, we are moving to a time of digital natives um, and we're certainly Mm. there in, in some parts of the world already. So being able to meet students and families' expectations for that kind of information as a starting point to then have the discussions with the counsellor to help them think through those choices that are available to them, that's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, and and I can tell you I have a teenage daughter, so I'm a living testament (laughs) to that fact on 7.5 hours. And, you know, if, if COVID has caused mass disruption to our lives, it's caused significant disruption to international education, but it has also pushed institutions forward uh, to a, a digital future that they were probably a decade away from, if, if not uh, further mm. behind for some of them. So, again, they are ready for the, the kind of platform that, uh, that you're offering. So I wanted mm. to turn, if we can, uh, and recognising that your um, background and experience is the tech side of things, but I think it's, uh, for me, it's an interesting question. So one of the key challenges that the Australian government has made very clear to the Australian education sector. As it rebuilds after COVID, it needs to not just be focused on, you know, increasing student numbers again. It needs to be focusing also on greater diversity. We want more students from from different uh, markets. So can you talk to me about... Uh, Is the app going to make it, Is I should call it by its name, is IDP Live going to make it easier for institutions to reach out to a more diverse student audience? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question. And and I think it's right to be having this debate. It's a good time to, to open our eyes and see how we could potentially as a sector do things differently. It's the right discussion to have. Equally, you know, it's not, um, something like a tap that's um, that we can just turn on and off. Um, and I think, you know, the sector needs to realise, you know, imagine if I'm a restaurant and someone's coming in checking in my diversity of the, of the cohort in the restaurant every hour. Um, that's pretty tricky because I can't, I haven't got a direct control of people who are walking in my door. Right? Um, but I think um, this is a debate that we need to have. And I think tools and partners that work with institutions can and should be more sophisticated in the way that um, um, we work with institutions because there, that, that need is there. Um, to answer your question on IDP Live, yes, there is the ability. Certainly, the, we did a six-month exercise before doing this program of work with um, institutions um, and researching really their high-level needs pre and post-COVID that they thought would have, and diversity was a huge one. Um, whether the government was mandating it or not, it was something that for every institution recruiter, they're thinking, how do I introduce and be able to control that diversity? So it's absolutely something we're focused on. Um, from an IDP life point of view, as I said, an institution can set those rules um, for any course. Um, 
uh, but they can do that per market. So they can begin to, they can set up those rules for um, Thai um, qualifications and Thai education background and not do it for other markets, for example, or they can begin to do it in, um, so they have the complete control of where they want to turn on and accelerate their recruitment, if you like, and where they wish to keep it um, uh, just um, through the natural, if you like, the footfall coming through the front door of your restaurant. So uh -huh. what we what we believe is this tool will become increasingly important um, for them to be able to control that IDP pipeline. But it's also about transparency, right? So as well as this, the 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 um, part of the tool set in IDP Connect and um, uh, that we're developing enables that pipeline transparency so as working with us as an agent as an institution you begin to see what you know not just at application stage but pre-application what that pipeline is coming to and what it looks like so i've got a bit more sense of maybe the people who are look like they're coming through the door or are browsing outside and uh, maybe two or three streets away um so i've got some control then of being able to switch off because we know it's a long buying cycle it's you know can be two years so the ability to be able to control that and see that future pipeline is really important to be able to understand that are your immediate diversity needs does oh, that make sense yeah it does no I've been um nodding away it sounds like straightforward as a technological solution but what it actually offers institutions is quite a sophisticated response to thinking about their student cohort and taking more active but, like you say, transparent decisions. And I'm quite excited about, from an Australian perspective, the sector's uh, rebound next year. But I had been concerned that the difficult part of rebuilding was going to be the diversification piece. But mm. tools like this will really assist uh, institutions to reach out to um, a broader international student cohort and to attract more from, from markets that they may be uh, underrepresented with um, currently. So that's very exciting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, it's a really good time to pause and reflect, I think, and, and take what we can, um, huge positives from the last two years and in in changes in our ways of working and using digital um, and, and embracing an omni-channel uh, existence but so um, for our uh, for our students so if they come into an office or they use our tools um, they get the same experience and that's the same for institutions we've all been on that journey over the last two years we need to sift through the ashes of covid work out the things that we want to keep um, and i certainly think the question you raise on diversity is something we're looking at saying that we've got to make sure we do this better uh, as a partner for institutions in the future Terrific. Well, that's a very positive way to be coming to, you know, we're recording this in, in November, we're coming to, to the end of the year and institutions here are certainly looking to 2022 and beyond. And I think uh, that sense of helping them, not just to, to regrow their student numbers. Uh, I know I was uh, watching a, an online conference uh, just a couple of days ago and there's, there's now nervousness in the UK as to how quickly Australia will, will come back, mm. uh, which I think, you know, a bit of competition, that's a good mm. thing. Um, but to see us, if, if we can, see our institutions 
not just rebound in a in a healthy way, but but also with that added diversity, that would be a great thing. Um, Neil, you have taught me a lot, and it's been a very uh, interesting conversation. And I'll be uh, keeping an eye out to to see how this goes. I really wish you um, and the team all the very best uh, with the app and uh, and your efforts um, in the sector. Thanks, Claire. I really appreciate the time. It's been a pleasure.